never lose its power. Your blood will 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 never lose its power. long wall and uh, there were some watchmen that like were not looking and not covered in the blood and then as I kept looking there were ones that were holding the word of God up and the blood of Jesus was all over them and they were shouting and declaring the victories of God the victories of God so we don't want to be lazy watchmen amen The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. And every single one of you in this church, I know a lot of you, some of you I haven't even met yet, (laughs) but we're watchmen. God has called us here to be watchmen. How many of you know that? God called you here, you moved from such and such a place, and you just felt called here. Well, you're a watchman posted on the wall for awakening. So let's just hold our hands up and let's just declare the blood will never lose its power your blood will never lose its power we will intercede we will be watchmen posted on the wall your blood is enough jesus the cross is enough the cross is enough and any enemy of the cross must bow in the mighty name of jesus you are the conqueror you are the mighty warrior king You are a God of war, and you smote your enemies. And Jesus, I thank you for rising up in this hour, God, and pouring out a new way, a fresh wave of your blood and your word and your fire in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. We will not bow to an idol. We will not bow when the music plays, but we will worship you in spirit and truth, Lord. Spirit and truth. Come on, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. God, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We're lovers of your cross. We're lovers of your blood. We're lovers of your word. You exalt your word above your name, the scripture says. 
So we exalt your word in this place and we say we will not bow. We will not bow to any other name, to any other voice. We will only bow to you, Jesus. We make our stand. 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 Jesus, hear our voice, Lord, as we cry. Hear our voice from heaven, Lord. Anyway, I'm going to show you a few scriptures just to back up what I'm saying. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And I want to show you something about prayer. And um, as we get ready for this that God wants to do. Everybody with me. You, you're all in this place. I don't know where all we're going this morning, but I just want to go where God is going. And just be online and... Um, with what he's doing in line. But anyway, 2 Corinthians in chapter 8, verse 1 through 7. I want to just read this, referring to prayer and, uh, what, and God, how God wants to use us. Say, God wants to use us. 
I'm telling you, why would he send generals to this place? It's because he's got a great idea in mind. He has something that he wants to accomplish. There are a lot of promises and prophecies, and we're just going to get to walk in it. But look at in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, say, I'm one of the brethren. We make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches. And so there's a, a grace that he's bestowed upon us. Now in here, it says on Macedonia, but that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy. There are three things that are mentioned in verse 2. First of all, they are having many trials. But in the midst of their trials, look what they're also filled with. Great joy. I tell you, now that's what we want. We want great joy. The trials are going to come. In this world, you're going to have a few trials. I mean, if you know that's true. But the abundance of joy and their deep poverty. But the poverty wasn't the main thing. It says, in their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Now that word liberality is also the word liberal. You know, they flipped that. It doesn't mean what it used to mean in the Bible. Today it means something totally different. It's more anti-God. But in this case, even in their poverty, they had more than enough to give away to others. In their lack, they found their abundance. Verse 3, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, say beyond my ability, beyond our ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing in other words, to give away. Why? How were they able to give away? Because of the grace of God. Imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Now, you could easily pass over that verse. But notice it says that God is going to give us, I believe, a gift. To minister to the saints is a gift from God. If He so chooses to use this place to launch some kind of move of God, it will be because of a gift from heaven. God will see in us, not because we were worthy, but because we were available. Amen. Available and ready, you got to get in place. And so there was the gift and there was the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hope, but they first gave themselves to the Lord. And then to us by the will of God. And so we're getting ready for a move of God, but we're giving ourselves to the Lord first. Right? We give ourselves unto Him. The only way we can really minister to the saints or, or lead people to Him is that we give ourselves to Him first. And then he goes on in verse 6, So we urge Titus that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. And then he goes on in talking in verse 7 about abounding in everything. And we need the grace of God. And so, what do we need in order... To be a vessel of honor in the house of God and to do the will of God, we need a lot of grace. And then there's another scripture I want to point out to you. It's in Proverbs 21:31. Listen to this. It says, The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance is of the Lord. What does that say? It says the horse has to get ready. Now, often horse is the word or it means the flesh. Now, we know the flesh can accomplish. There's no good in the flesh. But we can get position so God will use us. We get in the right place at the right time. But ultimately, deliverance is going to come from the Lord. And so we're just going to go for the moon. No, we're going to go for the sun. I've said this before. I've, I don't know who said this first. I know there's nothing new under the sun. But maybe I did. Maybe I came up with this. I doubt it. But I've always felt this. I would rather shoot for the sun, and should I miss, land on the moon, than shoot for the moon, and should I miss, land in the ditch across the street. So we're going to go for it. We're going to shoot for the sun. Do you understand what I'm saying? So anyway, we got to build this house of prayer. we got a whole group getting ready to go to Germany. How many of you are going to Germany? Just raise your hand. we got... It's a good group getting ready. They're going to Heronhut. They're going to be a part of a hundred hours of prayer. And that's pretty amazing. And uh, we're just so thankful for those that are going. And, and those that have, David and Jody have been leading the Moravian lampstand. And uh, we just so appreciate all you guys for praying. But now we got to rev it up a notch. And um, I don't want to put any burden. I'm not saying, we just need more grace. 
But we need others to come along so we can have the two or more. Amen. So look over with me, if you would, to uh, Psalm 106. Psalm 106. Here's another thing. Verse 23. Before we move back into verse 1, because this is where I'm going to minister from this morning. But verse 23, there's an important principle. It says, therefore, he said that he would destroy them. In other words, God was set on bringing destruction. But someone rose up and intervened. It said, had not Moses his chosen one. How many of you know we are the chosen ones? Many are the call, but few are the chosen. Who are the chosen? They're the ones that respond to the call. They say, here am I, send me. And so they become the chosen ones. Had not Moses, his chosen one, stood up or stood before him in the breach. What does it mean in the breach? In the gap. To turn away his wrath, lest he would destroy them. And so God was set on destruction, but Moses stood up in the gap, interceded, and God changed his mind. Can you believe that? And uh, so that's why we must pray in this hour, and we got to be ready just to trust him and get in the right place at the right time. Now I want to make a transition and then just go back to uh, Psalm 106, verse 1, and and just share some things from the Word. But I heard this week, someone, actually I saw it written, said this, and I agreed with it. I added something to it, but it said, whatever we must preach to turn America back to God, we must preach now. And then I heard the Lord speak into my spirit. And whatever you must do to turn America back to God, you must do now. I'm telling you, We're running out of time. And God's not going to be late. He's right on time. He knows what He's doing. And that's why He's stirring the fire. And that's why He's coming, not only here, but He's coming to many congregations. I'm telling you, all over the earth, the Lord is moving. And He's going to fill the church with what Rodney spoke of, the fire power. But we got to be those that are filled with the power of God and those that are walking in the Word of God. How many of you know that? we got to have that firm foundation. And just to back up what I said, you know, 2 Timothy chapter 3 says, But know this. Know it. Don't, don't wonder about it. You know, don't, don't ask questions. Know this, that in the last days, perilous times are going to come. That's not a, a question of if. That's a question of when. In the last days, perilous times are going to come. And I'm telling you, When a major U.S. city, as we saw, was it this past week, San Francisco, their city council votes to label a group that supports the Second Amendment as a terrorist organization. You will know that perilous times are just around the corner. There's some things that are going to happen. There's going to have to be some kind of a head-on collision. And so what's God going to do about it? He's raising up a people that's going to be the antidote to the perilous times. That's you and me. Are you with me? So, Lord, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the freedom. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God, and we just thank you. We've got more than enough to do your will. And I thank you, Lord. We're willing and we're ready. Help us get in position and help us be right in our heart, most of all. But be like the horse prepared for the battle. And Lord, we know, we will remember, deliverance comes from the Lord above. So we thank you for this day. We thank you what you're doing. Thank you for the little prayer movement that's already begun in Wilkes County through the day to pray. And for the 10 days that were covered out of 30 in the last month, Lord, we're asking for all 30 days to soon be covered over the next months. And and so we thank you, Lord, that other churches are catching this vision for prayer. And Lord, we're reminded that when we work, we work. But when we pray, you work. And so we're asking you to do something that would just overthrow the every... Just blow our minds, God. Something we didn't even look for. Just our little bitty visions, God. Thank you, you do way beyond our vision. It's the vision of heaven. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I got a text from Josh Radford while we were worshiping. He said, it's breaking out. 
It's breaking out. It's here. Wherever Josh is, somewhere in the world. He said, it's breaking out now. It's breaking out. So I text him back. I said, Josh, you, you ought to be at our worship service this morning. It was, people are dancing around. You would think we're of your camp. You know, Josh is more Pentecostal. I'm not of the Pentecostal camp. But we need a little Pentecost. We need a lot of Pentecost in this place. So let's just believe God and lose our reputation. If you go to this church, you're going to lose your reputation. But the problem is you shouldn't have a reputation to begin with. Jesus became of no reputation. He wasn't seeking honor. He was seeking the honor of the Father. And He came, He laid it all down on the cross. That the Father, to do the Father's will. So look in uh, Psalm 106. Let me just read. Just touch on some things. Pray. And uh, just get ready. Man, I wish I was going to Uganda. I really want to go to Uganda. But next time... Maybe God will change, but I know you're going to go. You're going to accomplish a great work. And I know that William, God's going to use William. One day William will move here. You had not met him yet, but he's a young, he's only like 20 years old, like you, like Wesley. Some young men full of God are coming into the house. I'm telling you, it's a good sign. All right. Praise the Lord. Say praise the Lord. You know what that means. The word praise is what? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. And that's the reason we give thanks to the Lord. Because He's good. For His mercy endures forever. But who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare all of His praise? Blessed are those who keep justice. And he who does righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have toward your people. Oh, visit me with your salvation, that I may see the benefit of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. And so we see that this psalm begins, praise the Lord. And you know, we have a lot to praise Him for. We enter His gates with thanksgiving. We enter His courts with praise. If you have a little difficulty in beginning your day, just give Him thanks. You know, if, you, if you're stuck in your prayer life or you're stuck in the Word, just start giving Him thanks. I mean, how many of you know there's a whole lot of things to thank Him for? So you can just say, God, you know I don't feel much like reading the Word this morning. I don't feel much like praying, but I give you thanks. I will. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. I thank you for the Word of God. I thank you for the body of Christ. I thank you for the trials and tribulations. You said to be thankful in all things. I thank you, God, that you know the end from the beginning. I thank you, God, that the work you started in me, you're going to complete it. So I thank you, God, that out of me is flowing a river of living water. And then you go to the Word, you're going to find a little difference. Something's changed. And you're going to want to read the Word. You're going to want to pray. Things will just happen when you begin to give Him thanks. Now, we've said this before, but you're going to have to remember in these times, there are three things. They're real simple. But number one, you can give Him thanks because He is good. He is a good, good God. And that's what He says in that Scripture. Remember in Genesis... And uh, the, I just did a wedding, my son's wedding last week. And it was a joy in some ways and it was frightful in other ways. But I was thinking, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created light. He created, you know, the animals. He created the land and the trees and all these things. And after all of the things he created, what did he say? He said, this is good. And then at the end, he said... He saw all these things. He said, now this is very good. Remember that. This is very good. Then there was one thing he said wasn't that good. You remember what it was? Yeah, that man should be alone. But he didn't just say it was not, this is not good. He did something about it. He created woman, a helper that would be comparable to him. And so, listen, just because some things look like they're not good... Don't give up on it. God's doing something about it. God has the final word. God is the one that has created all of this. And He's going to show Himself off in a mighty way in this day. And I'm telling you, 
He's not going to be outdone. He's a good, good God. He's a good God. He's going to show you that He's good. Some of you have been through some things. If we heard your story, we all would probably want to pull out the handkerchiefs. But I'm telling you, God is good. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Here's some scriptures. Romans 2.4 The goodness of God leads to repentance. That's where we need God, His goodness in the nation. Right now, we need the gift of repentance to be poured out on the land. Psalm 52, the goodness of God endures continually. Psalm 27, now this is one of, one of those scriptures, I'm just telling you, Wesley, I would not have made it when I was in my early 20s had I not memorized this scripture. And I knew it. I, got, I had to memorize the scripture. I don't know about you guys, but I had to memorize scripture. You know, David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. I had no choice. I, if, I would, if I didn't do it, I was going to sin against him. And so I was hiding the word of God. But this is one of those scriptures. I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I memorized that. I quoted that back to God. If I quoted it one time, I quoted it a hundred and one times. No, probably a thousand and one times. I would have lost heart had I not believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know what I saw? And I'm still seeing it. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And you will too. That's why that next verse in that text says, wait on the Lord. Wait on Him. Be of good courage. In other words, don't give up. Don't lose heart. You will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then Psalm 33. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Psalm 34. I think Jerry quoted that this morning. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you begin to get your fulfillment in Him, you'll know that He's the ultimate. That He's the one that supplies what the world will never be able to supply. Lamentations chapter 3. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knows those who trust in Him. And so first of all, we got to know, we got to have it in our spirit that God is good. Secondly, we got to remember God is great. God is great. He's great. Say he's great. great. Psalm 145, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And his greatness is unsearchable. That means you will never truly get a grip on how great God really is. But he's going to even exceed your expectations if your expectation is in the Lord. Psalm 147, 5, great is the Lord and mighty in power. You know, when I was a young preacher, and I I still do this, but in those early days before I would preach, I would just walk around wherever I was. I'd get away from the crowd and I would just, all these praise songs and worship songs would be in my mind and I would just worship the Lord. And I'll never, one of the first songs was, great is the Lord. He is holy and just. By his power, we trust in his love. You remember that song? Great is the Lord. He is faithful and true. By his mercy, he proves he is love. It was a Michael W. Smith song. Great is the Lord and worthy of glory. And I'm telling you, he's going to be great. You know that scripture that says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You know the context of that? The context is in the midst of when the spirit of Antichrist is rising up in the earth. That's when you're really going to understand that verse like you've never understood it before. And how many of you know the spirit of Antichrist is rising up in the earth? Big time in this nation. And so we're going to know that scripture like we've never known it before. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So say God is good and that God is great. And then the next thing is God is God. God is God. And you got to let go and let God have his way. You let, it, you let go and let God have His way. You're going to find you're in the midst of His way, which is the best way and the right way you were to end up all, the, all along anyway. It's God's way. I think I've shared this, but I remember when I had a broken heart. You ever had a broken How many of you had broken hearts? I had many of them. For some reason, it's like God wanted me to specialize. 
you know, in broken hearts as a young man. And then I realized the broken hearts were for purpose. Somebody told me, no, I read it in a book. I wish I hadn't read it. But it said that God will never use a person greatly till he has hurt that person greatly or deeply. And so I, you know, I read that and then I realized, you know, God, I don't know what that means, but I'm hurt. And my broken heart. And I remember one of the broken hearts I was living just outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And I didn't know what to do. I invested everything going up there and I thought I'd found my love. The love of my life and the love of my life was suddenly gone. And, it, and the Lord gave me a vision. I, in the vision, I was walking out on the diving board. In this vision. And I got at the end of the diving board and I looked down and you know what I saw? Nothing. Nothing. It was black. It was pitch black. And I said, God, what do you want me to do? He said, dive off. I said, God, there's nothing down there. I don't know what I'm diving into. He said, dive off anyway and trust me. So I left. I packed up, closed shop. Got out of that place, went back home, got home at the right day, at the right time to enroll in school and everything, when at least at that time, began to come into play. But if I had stood on that diving board, I would have missed the things that God had for me. You got to jump off sometimes. You got to just be willing to risk it all. Let God be God. And just... Trusting, jump off. God, I don't even know where I'm going. But I'm trusting you every step of the way. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay, there are four things we got to do in this hour. And then we're going to pray and then we're going to move on. But they're all out of Psalm 106. And the first one is in verse 2. It says, we are, it says, who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord. Now we are, we're to be those who utter the mighty acts. He's actually saying who can really really be i mean who can do the mighty acts who can fulfill or who can respond to all that he's doing but number one we are to be those who whose trust and boast is in the mighty acts of god remember john chapter 21 verse 25 it's the last verse in the book of john it's actually the last verse in the gospels it says and there are many other things that jesus did which, if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world could not contain the books that would be written. How I many of you know that that's what that says? Exactly. It says not even the world could contain the books that would be written if we had recorded all the mighty acts and the mighty deeds that the Lord himself has done. Now I'm telling you, whatever you've seen God do in your in past Get ready. You hadn't seen anything yet. I believe Acts is the Acts of the Apostles, and I know that it's part of the New Testament. And, what, and you can read that, and you'll see the mighty Acts. But they're going to be the Acts of the last day church that we're going to get to get in on. But it's obviously going to be birthed out of the mighty acts of God. And then the second thing that we're to do, it says, it goes on, Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Then who can declare all of His praise? Who can declare all of His praise? No one. But well, we got to give it our best shot. We're going to go out giving Him praise. We want to be those that do declare His praise. And I tell you, we got to praise Him. I... Last week, it was a little slow in this place. I was looking around last week, and the people weren't really rejoicing. Maybe it's because they were all out of town. But today, you guys were going, you were going for it. And the rocks outside, they were probably jealous. Because they weren't getting in on it this morning. You know, Jesus said, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. Well, the rocks outside are going to have to wait. Because there's a people inside that's going to give him praise. And we're going to celebrate him we're going to rejoice in Him. How many of you have ever been to Israel before? And there are rocks all over that nation, all over the land. Everywhere you look, at least the part that I went to, there were rocks. And now I know why the Lord said that. Because there are rocks everywhere. And then the next thing is, He goes on in verse 3, Blessed are those who keep justice. Now justice means to be morally right. Righteousness and justice on the foundation of His throne. How many of you know He is a God of justice? Today, justice is being perverted. You will hear about social justice, environmental justice, racial justice, economic justice. You know what all those justices do? They just create more injustice. When you hear somebody 
rise up in the world and say, this is a new, you know, definition of justice. And it's always about taking freedom away and taking your money away. And it's always leading to injustice. But I'm telling you, God is going to be known as a God of justice. I, I tell Shirley all the time, I'm really tired of these guys on Fox telling me, just wait, justice is going to be served. Hang on. Just another week, the reports are going to come out and all the bad guys are going to be arrested. I don't know if it's going to happen or not. In this life, there's some things that are not going to happen until the next life. And I pray it does happen. For America's sake, it's got to happen. And that's why I'm praying. Look, God, obviously men have failed. So you're going to have to rise up and be who you are in this hour, a God of justice. And I believe he's going to do it. Isaiah 59, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord will raise a standard. You read that in context, the standard, you'll find that it's the truth, that the Redeemer will come. It's the message of redemption. He also, in that scripture, talks about there was no intercessor. So intercession is part of, of that standard. But it's also God taking justice in his own hands. Because you read the scripture, it says, and God saw that there was no intercessor. And then he begins to take things in his own hands and the God of justice. He's a God of vengeance. You read the scripture. When you get home, and you'll see that God's going to rise up. And I believe that he's going to do that in this hour. So we got to get ready for it. Because he's not only a God of justice, he's a God that will bring forth his righteousness. It'll spring forth in the earth. And that's the next thing. And he who does righteousness, in verse 3, blessed are those who keep justice. And he who does righteousness and say, at all times, at all times. Now, how do you do righteousness? You just act like God. You let God, who is your righteousness. What is one of his names? He's Jehovah what? Sidkenu, which means what? The Lord our righteous. He's the righteous God. All of our own righteousness is as filthy rags. I mean, if you know that. You ever been cleaning something and the rag gets really filthy? And instead of washing the rag and cleaning it up it's so gross you just throw it away you know what i mean I said i'm not cleaning this it's too gross i mean how many be honest you've done that before i'll get a new rag i'm not this is too much well that's that's our own righteousness it's all his filthy rags but when we trust in him and allow him but that doesn't give us an excuse to continue in unrighteousness did you hear me Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? May it never be. May it never be. God supplies something that enables us to overcome the sin problem. It's called the cross. He, Jesus said, if you come and you follow after me, you take up your cross daily. I'm telling you, you're going to find the grace at the cross and denying yourself. I want you to go with me to Matthew chapter 5. I want to show you something. This is the kind of righteousness we don't need, but there's a kind of righteousness that we do need. And in Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 17, Jesus said this. Now, these are the words in red, so I understand this is, these are the words of Jesus. He says, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not... One jot or one little tittle will be by no means passed from the law till all is what? Fulfilled. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means do what? Enter the kingdom of heaven. So what was the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees? It was demanding the law, but not heeding to the law. I'll show you that. Look over in Matthew 23. Verse 1 through verse 6, we'll read that. Matthew 23. 
Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and he said to the disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. They love the great, the blessed, you know, the, the best seats. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that do what? Observe and do it. They're teaching, so observe the things they're teaching you to do. But do not do according to their works. For they say and they do not do. Do you see that? For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen by men, they make their phylacteries. And you can go on and read the rest of that. They had these little phylacteries on their forehead to show everybody how righteous they were. But they weren't righteous. Righteousness is of a heart. It's of the heart. So here's some things about righteousness in the Bible. Number one, righteousness is a gift of God. There's imputed righteousness. He is our righteous. And we are righteous. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become. What? The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Also, righteousness is an act. It's something we're to be about doing. The Revelation speaks about the righteous acts of the saints. In the last days, you're going to see saints rise up and do things that look like they are righteous. It will be in the energy and the strength of God Almighty. But they're going to be great acts, great exploits on the earth. Those who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And then righteousness is something we're to be. Revelation 22 and verse 10, it speaks about that. But then also in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says this, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And then it says after that, it says, and such are some of you right now. Is that what it says? No. And such were some of you. Such were some of you. So what does that mean? Something's happened to me. Something's happened. Evidently, I went to the cross. And I've died to myself. And He's filled me with His own righteousness. And I'm walking. Because that's what it says. And such were some of you. But you were washed. Say, I was washed. You were sanctified. Say, I was sanctified. That just means you were set apart. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. And such were some of you. You know, there's some people teaching out there today. Not only such were some of you, but there's such some that are still doing some of these same things. So overlook it. One day they'll be different. No, listen. The Scripture says, and such were some of you. But you were watched. You were sanctified. And uh, you were by the Spirit of the living God. You guys know what I'm talking about. And then there's righteousness, which is a part of the kingdom. You were to seek after. There's righteousness we're to seek. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, which means living morally right before God and morally right before the world. And then there's righteousness we're to do all the time. And that's what the Scripture says. Psalm 50, verse 23 says, Whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. And God is the one that enables us to do it. It's all the work of His grace. But the grace of God is more than a gift of God. It's the power of God that enables us to live the life that He's called us to live. And I'm going to trumpet that as long as I live. Listen, I know that sin is something, the penalty we've been delivered from. I know that one day we'll be eventually delivered from the presence of God, a presence of sin. But right now, we're going to, we're, we are being delivered from the power of sin. By the power of God Almighty that lives inside of us. And we're not stopping until we look like Him, we sound like Him, and we walk like Him. The ultimate goal is that we be conformed into the image of His Son. And that's, the, that's to be the goal that we're to give ourselves to. And the only way I know to do that is not try to be like Him, but to die and let Him be like Himself through you and me. Amen? Because the more I try, the more I fail. 
But the more I die, the more I find my life in Christ. In Christ Jesus. I hope that makes sense. So let's just pray and, and just thank God. Lord, we thank you for this life that you called us to. Lord, we want to stand up and lift up the standard of the Word of God this morning that says, and such were some of you. But something happened. And we thank you for that which happened is what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And he rose from the dead. We thank you, Lord, that it's in dying to ourself that we find life. Not only eternal, but abundant life. And life that is worth living. God, I thank you. You're coming for a bride that is without spot and blemish. Lord, we acknowledge all of our efforts of our own righteousness is as filthy rags. But we thank you that you are our righteousness. And we yield and we surrender afresh this day to you. To your highest and to your best. Lord, I pray this morning that you would encourage the saints. That Lord, that truly in this hour, greater is he that's in us than he that's in this world. And Lord, we hear that challenge that whatever must be preached to turn America back to God must be preached now. But Lord, I would also add whatever must be done to turn our nation back to you must be done now. And I thank you, God, that all that you call us to do in this hour, it will be because of what you've done already through the cross. And so we bless you and we yield to you afresh. We surrender. We surrender our lives. And Lord, I just pray this morning for everyone in this room, wherever they are, whatever they're facing, that God, you would be big in this hour once again. Lord, I pray that you would clear away, Lord, all of the fog 